Well, good morning to all of my brothers and sisters there at New Life in Sunderland. I'd like to thank Nathan for inviting me to share with you this morning. And uh, for those of you who maybe don't know me, and if Nathan hasn't introduced me, my name is John Waller. I've been an Ealing minister now for over 30 years. And uh, I started my ministry in London where Nathan's dad was my boss for a while. From London, I went to Ghana, West Africa, and served the Church of Pentecost there, our sister fellowship, for 11 years before returning to Dublin in the Republic of Ireland, where I pastored the Ballyfermot Community Church for five years, and then finished my ministry in B Church, Barking, Elim in East London, where I served for 10 years. I currently serve as the Associate Minister at Elim Rydale Church in North Yorkshire. And uh, as I say, it's great to be with you this morning. Before we turn to the Word of God, let me just pray with you, please. Dear Heavenly Father, we come into your presence as your children. We come to a God who gives wholeness and hope. And Father, we thank you that today you are with us, even through the wonders of technology. And Lord, I just pray in your mighty name that you would speak to our hearts this morning to encourage us, to help us, and to give us hope for the future. And so, Jesus, we commit it into your mighty hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning I want to talk about faith. Faith is very important to us as Christians. I believe that faith is the key that unlocks all of the promises of God. All that God wants to give us and do for us comes through faith. Right from the very beginning of our Christian life, where Paul tells us in his letter to the Ephesians, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Faith is the key. All of us, the Bible tells us, have a portion of faith. God has given us, each and every one of us, a little bit of faith. And uh, this morning I want to encourage you in your faith. There's a story in all of the uh, what they call the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, that tell the story of when Jesus calmed a storm. In Mark's gospel it tells us that Jesus had told his disciples to go to the other side of the Lake of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and uh, they set off in a boat. Jesus, being tired, fell asleep in the back of the boat. And as they were sailing, the story goes on to tell us that a large storm blew up. And, and it was so ferocious that the disciples feared for their lives. Jesus was asleep, didn't seem to be aware or even care that they were struggling. 
Before we get into the story, it seems that we're in a storm of our own at the moment. Not just us, but the whole nation. In fact, the nations of the world. And I just want to assure you, because I believe it with all my heart, that Jesus is with us in this storm and he will bring us through it. But back to the story, the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, don't you care that we are perishing? And Jesus looked around him, probably blinked and rubbed the, the uh, sleep out of his eyes, looked around and then spoke a word that brought peace and calmness to the situation. But then he looked at the disciples and he asked them a question. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? And I thought a lot about that question because faith is something that we can have in many different things. We can have faith in ourselves. I'm sure that for at least four of the disciples in that boat, when the storm started to blow, they had faith in their own abilities, in their own skills, in their own strength. They were fishermen. They made their living on the Sea of Galilee. And according to all the books, it tells us that because of the geography of the Sea of Galilee, sudden storms would often blow up and sweep down across the lake. And so I have no doubt at all that the disciples, the fishermen especially, would have experienced this sort of thing before. And no doubt their skill and dexterity and experience as fishermen would have got them out of their difficulties. And so they would have had faith in themselves. I'm sure all of us at times have had faith in ourselves, especially when we're younger. We think that we know everything. We think that we can do everything. I know when I was a young man, I thought I didn't need anyone to help me through life. By my own skill, dexterity, and a bit of ducking and diving and wheeling and dealing, I was quite able to look after myself, thank you very much. I didn't need anyone to help me. But the truth is, there are some experiences in life that you realize that you cannot help yourself. And the faith that you have in your own abilities and your own skills isn't enough. And it would seem that those fishermen, after a while, realize we cannot do anything in this storm, no matter how skilled we are. We can have faith in other people. I'm sure the rest of the disciples, when the storm started, they would have looked to the four fishermen and thought, these guys will get us out of any difficulties. But as time went on and the storm raged and nothing seemed to be happening and they could see that Peter and Andrew and James and John were struggling, they too realized that maybe these people cannot help us. And down through the years, I've put my faith in, in people. We can put our faith 
in our pastor. No matter how good he is, he'll let you down. We can put our faith in our elders. And again, no matter how good they may be, there will come a time when they also will realize that they cannot help you and you'll realize that they cannot as well. We can put our faith in the government. We can put our faith in the medical profession, the NHS. We can put our faith in so many different things. But there are some storms when they blow, we realize that no one can help us. And that is what seemed to happen here. But there's another person we can put our faith in. And that, of course, is Jesus. And when the disciples turned to Jesus and asked him to help them, just a simple word from him brought peace and serenity. I was 32 years of age when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I was driving trucks for a living. I was a bit of a wild character, did all sorts of negative stuff. But I knew that my life was a mess. I knew my marriage was a mess. I knew that I needed to change and I didn't know how. And then in 1984, my wife Trish asked me one night when I came home from work, what would you say if I told you I'd become a Christian? I thought we were Christians. I didn't realize or I'd never heard of being born again or spirit filled or anything like that. And at first I, I told her, well, if that's what you want to do, as long as it doesn't affect me, then you can please yourself. And over the next six months, that's what Trish did. And during those six months, I saw her life change dramatically. And I could argue that I didn't believe in Jesus. And I could argue that I didn't believe in the Bible or what it said. But there's one thing that you cannot argue against, and that is a life that has changed. And whenever I asked Trish, why are you different now? She would always say, because of Jesus. And it all came to a head for me on the 19th of August, 1984, 7.30 in the evening in a little Elim church in Malton, North Yorkshire, where the gospel was preached. And I thought, if this is true, and if I can experience a life-changing event because of Jesus, that's what I want. And so I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And since then, my faith in him has gone on, grown and strengthened. And yes, I've still faced storms. And yes, uh, I still have troubles because you probably realize Jesus promised that. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And so where is your faith this morning? Do you have faith in yourself? Do you have faith in others to help you? Or do you have faith, trust and confidence 
in Jesus. Where is your faith? But it's not where is your faith alone, it is when do you need faith? And for that I want us to go to another story that you find in John's Gospel, chapter 11. I'm just going to find it on my iPad and if you'd like to turn to it in your Bibles if you've got them with you. John's Gospel, chapter 11, a very familiar story uh, if you've been around a Bible for any length of time. It's the story of Lazarus and it tells us that at the beginning of the story Lazarus is taken seriously ill and Jesus is not around. Mary and Martha Lazarus's sisters probably think he's never here when you need him but they send a message to him and tell him your friend Lazarus is seriously ill and the story tells us that when Jesus heard this he said this sickness will not end in death it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it and then it goes on to say when he heard that Lazarus was sick he stayed where he was two more days I remember in 1996 myself and Trish were working in Ghana August Bank Holiday we got a phone call from the UK that our eldest son Daryl had fallen seriously ill turned out that he had a brain tumour and consequently died from that but at that time all this was in the front uh, in the future for us and when we heard that he was sick the first thing we did was get a, a flight booked to get back to the UK to see him to see how we could help him to see how best to to uh, help him with his recovery and and to move forward that's what we do when we hear bad news, when we hear news that our friends or our family especially need us, we want to be with them. Jesus stayed <laughs> two days. His ways are not our ways. He does things differently to us. And don't expect Jesus to do things how you would do them. Just give him room to be God and to do it his way, which is the best way. So eventually, Jesus goes back to Bethany, sets off on the journey. But in the course of that journey, Lazarus has died. Not only died, but has been buried. And when he arrives into Bethany and I'm sure when he arrived there, the shouts and the whispers would go around, Jesus is here, Jesus is here, he's too late now. But as he arrives there, the sisters, Martha and Mary, hear that Jesus has arrived. Their friend Jesus has turned up at last, but he's too late. Mary, by nature, the one who is always 
uh, quiet and, and, and likes to sit at Jesus. She waits calmly for him to come, but not, but not Martha. Martha rushes to him. And in verse 21, she says this to him. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you'd been here, if you'd come in the past, this wouldn't have happened. She had faith for the past. Many people have faith for the past. They read stories of what Jesus did and they believe it for then. But now is a different story. I remember when we arrived in Ghana, the Church of Pentecost, the church that we worked with is an amazing church, grown to over three million members at this present time. It was started by a young man from Northern Ireland, Pastor James McCune, who arrived there in 1932 in Ghana and ministered there for 50 years and people would tell us stories of those early days of Pastor McCune and the pastors who he gathered around him in those pioneering days and the miracles that they encountered and the provision of God that was so abundant and the blessing of God from them and people used to say to me oh Pastor John you should have been here it was wonderful then and I remember thinking, 1932, I wasn't even born in 1932. I wouldn't even make my entrance for another 20 years. Does that mean that all of the provision and all of the miracles and all of the healings have stopped now? It was only because of the past. Faith in the past. Those stories can encourage us. They can help us. They can provoke us to attempt great things for Jesus now because the Bible tells us Jesus is the same yesterday as he is today and he will be forever. That's fantastic. Jesus says to Martha, Martha, don't worry, your brother will rise again. In verse 24, Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So now it seems she has faith for the future. It's going to work out okay in the future, Jesus. I trust that you will sort everything out in the future. And sometimes we can have faith in the future. God is going to help me maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year. But I have faith that he will do it sometime in the future. Now, the Bible tells us that we have hope for the future, 
But hope is not the same as faith. Because none of us, if we are trusting God for something, if we have faith for him to do something, none of us are guaranteed the future. We don't know what would happen tomorrow, next week, next month or next year. Our life is in his hands. Yes, we believe that. We trust ourselves to him. But none of us are guaranteed a future. So our faith for something in the future may not help us. But then Martha says to Jesus, I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And in verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am, not I was, not I will be, but I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is come into the world. She has faith for now. She believes Jesus at that minute. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And as Jesus confirmed to her that he was all that he said he would be, I am the resurrection, I am the life, Right at this moment, that is what I am, she believed. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And we know the end of the story. I'm not saying it was Martha's faith that made the difference. Jesus made the difference. But at that point when she trusted God, right at that very moment, Jesus went to the tomb, rolled the stone away and called his friend Lazarus to come forth. And he did. And tradition has it that Lazarus even visited England with Joseph of Arimathea in those early church days. We don't know if that is true or not, but we do know that faith in Jesus at that time made a difference and I just want to encourage you as you listen to this message as you look at me this morning to put your faith in Jesus where is your faith thank God for friends thank God for pastors and elders thank God for the medical profession and the NHS thank God for all of that and all that they do but they are they're not infallible they can make mistakes Thank God for the strength and skills and abilities that we have in ourselves. But remember, we don't have all the answers either. But most of all, we can thank God for Jesus and put our faith and trust and confidence in him today. Not thinking of what he did yesterday, even though we thank him for that and we can be encouraged by that. Not looking at some point in the future where we are 
hoping that it will all work out fine. But right now, trust in Jesus, that he will be who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. Where is your faith? In Jesus. When do you need faith? Right now. And I'm believing that some of you listening to this message are going to put your confidence in Jesus today. You're going to believe that the situations you left behind, well, you didn't leave them behind because you're, you're still in your home, but the situations you find yourself in can change today. We don't have to wait until tomorrow. It can happen today. And so before I close and hand back to Pastor Nathan, I'd like you to pray with me wherever you are and however you are watching this short message. So could I ask you just to bow your head and your hearts with me as we come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for Jesus. I want to thank you, Lord, for all that he means to us. I thank you, Lord, that he is the same today as he has always been. He is our helper. He is our guide. He is our healer. He is our glory. And he is the lifter of our heads. And his power has not been weakened with the passing of time. His strength has not diminished. He is the same today. And so, Lord, I'm trusting that this day you will strengthen and encourage us. Help us to look to you and believe you for now. Do something great now in our lives in our family, in our communities, and in our nation. Lord, help us to trust you. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So God bless you, everyone. Thank you for taking the uh, time and effort for watching this. Who knows, maybe one day I'll be able to travel up to Sunderland and see you face to face and uh, share some fellowship with you. And... Uh, Nathan, God bless you, my friend. Take care and continue the great work that you're doing. See you later, guys.